welcome to an episode of Brody Sports Talk. We're at episode five. This is your host, Caleb Walgren, and we've got Travis Conaway on with us tonight. How are you tonight, man? Oh, I'm doing well. Uh, I've been sick the last couple of days, so I'm finally recovered and ready to talk some sports, man. How you been? I am also excited to talk some sports. Always excited about that. Uh, Let's go ahead and jump in. Uh, we got a lot of football mostly to talk about tonight, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but first, the story of the saga that has been happening all across the NFL, uh, I'm going to call it Litgate, uh, talking about what has been happening with Antonio Brown and that craziness. Um, what are your whole thoughts about Antonio Brown, uh, his introduction to the Raiders? I mean, it definitely gives the Raiders a sign of what, uh, what is to come with having Antonio Brown on your team. I think this whole situation is absolutely ridiculous. I understand liking a certain type of helmet. I played football over the years and I had a specific type that I liked. But if it's against the rules, you got to find something different and get over it. I mean, you're paid millions of dollars to catch a ball and play in the wide receiver. You're just you're being ridiculous at this point. He's being completely ridiculous. Um, I think uh, probably one of my favorite things about all of this was uh, talking to some people I know who like the Steelers and basically being like. You guys are like the Michael Jackson meme where he's eating the popcorn in the theater. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I can sit here and watch this all day. He's not my mess anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Not my problem. Like, thank goodness for that, for those guys. Um, I, I just, I'm curious. I feel like his production, like, uh, if you listen to fantasy expert, like Derek Carr is not Ben Roethlisberger, and Ben Roethlisberger has almost consistently found the same people over and over. Yeah, absolutely, he kind of has his favorites, and he's willing to risk throwing into extra coverage. That is n- not what I would call Derek Carr. No, um, not at all. I mean, Derek Carr's best wide receiver last year spent half the year on the Dallas Cowboys. Right. So it'll be interesting. Um, I don't think Gruden's going to let this mess go on into the regular season. But at the same time, you paid the guy. And at some point, you got to deal with it. Right. I think it's just it's ridiculous. What do you want to move to next, Brody? I mean, there's so much. We've, we've, we've kind of fallen back behind. Just life got in the way. Um, I mean, we can always just move right into uh, the whole, you know, what are you going to pay Dak Prescott uh, talk that everybody else is, you know, talking about. And my answer to that one, it's fairly simple. Not what he's wanting. Like, you you. The the money he's wanting, he's not proven that he's earned, in my opinion. Um, I, I'm not a fan of Dak Prescott's style, personally. Um, I think if you put him on any other team, he's a, a backup for most teams. Um, I don't think he's a starting caliber quarterback for most teams. Um, so I don't think he deserves the money he's asking for. I think he should have taken the money they offered him and ran and been happy that he got it. I I tend to agree, and I I like looking at things like salaries and, you know, how much people are getting paid versus others, kind of looking at those. uh, I will call it the market trends, if you will, where you're like, hmm, okay, so that's what those guys are making this year. And you're just kind of able to sort it out and take a closer look. Now, clearly... With him being on his rookie deal, he is severely, severely underpaid. That being said, I 
I think that they gave him more than something that is fair. Oh, yeah. And yes, they have the leverage because he does still have the year left to play out. But you don't want to really get to the offseason and have to put a franchise tag on him and have to pay him like $35 million next year. Now, granted, that could be what but let's at least, you know, try to make this manageable. Um, I, I know that they had said reports that he had already turned down $30 million on average. And personally, that's probably where I have an issue. Because I think his market value right now is probably closer to about $26 million a year. Now, I realize that in saying that, that's still probably more than he should. But it puts him between guys like Derek Carr and Matthew Stafford. He's technically ahead of Drew Brees. He's also below Jimmy Garoppolo. And he's done more than Jimmy Garoppolo has done. I, I would have to agree there. But I don't think that he is Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan... Carson Wentz, Aaron Rodgers, Big Ben, or Russell Wilson that are ahead of that. So that's basically where I'm at. I feel like $26 million would be great. Now, if you're thinking ahead, you know, you might have a four-year extension. You know, if they're at 30 or $32 million, that's going to be cheaper than when, you know, Rodgers gets re-upped or maybe when Andrew Luck's contract comes up again. You know, right. It's setting it where you aren't having to do this again quickly because, I mean, that's basically what happened with the Redskins with Kirk Cousins is they kept franchising him and then they couldn't really pay him anymore. Right. Which I'm okay with. Um. Brody, I wanted to go ahead and transition out of football for a second uh, to get your thoughts on this one, uh, just because I don't know a lot about it, but I know you in general are more of a gamer. Um, I know the the Fortnite champ from the the big event that they had recently. The World Cup. Yeah, I was like, I'm butchering this right now. (laughs) Um, And I don't even know if I know how to say his name right. His his name is Bugal? Buga. Yeah, and of course, um, I had seen this happen to Ninja once, and it said it happened to him, where he got swatted while he was streaming, where yep. the SWAT team pretty much descends on them. And yeah, so so basically, what happens is someone tracks their IP address, figures out where that person lives, um, and then they call in a fake police report and say that someone's in immediate danger, and the SWAT team ends up coming in while they're live on stream. Um, it's a, it's a common, I hate to say it, but it's a common thing, um, in the streaming, you know, universe, um, from, for any games, it's been going on for years. Call of duty, people got swatted a lot. Um, now Fortnite's getting hit. Um, the only, I mean, I don't have a whole lot to say about it. I just think it's one of the worst possible things you could do, um, from, from the person who did it perspective, um, for one thing, it's a felony. You're falling. You're calling in a fake police report. Um, two people could get hurt. You know, you tell a police officer, you tell the SWAT team, "Hey, this person has a gun and it's holding hostages." There's a good chance that they could come in guns blazing and someone could get killed. You know, there was there was a uh, a situation a couple of years ago um, where a guy called in and swatted somebody, um, and that kid's in jail now because it is a felony. And I, I think it's the worst possible thing you can do to somebody, especially someone um, it, because they think it's funny. I think it's stupid that you think it's funny. Um, you know, Booga, he's 16 years old. You know, when I was 16 years old, if a bunch of police officers came in and pointed their guns at me, that would be traumatizing to me. Um, and it, I, I just think it's unnecessary. And I think it's, it's got to be one of the dumbest things you can possibly do. Um, I hope they catch whoever uh, swatted him and and Buga presses charges because someone's got to you know someone's got to stand up and 
fight for the streamers of the world and say, look, this isn't funny. And this is, this is how someone could seriously legitimately get hurt. Not only the fact that you're wasting valuable time of a emergency responder who could be out taking care of other business um, or helping somebody else, you know, you're, you're putting someone who's only 16 years old in danger because you thought you would be funny. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at is I, I wanted to kind of put it on here just because the whole thing just seems very grandiose and ridiculous. Like I understand wanting it to be able to try to be better at something than someone. And especially if you've played some of these games the the top players really are that much better than everyone else. Oh yeah, I mean, I if you I I know you didn't watch it, but I watched the World Cup of Fortnite and and Buga, I mean, he was you know, he was Tom Brady amongst high school students in that entire tournament. He just dominated the whole thing. So, I understand you being mad, but I don't I don't think it was another competitor because uh the yeah. thing is is the the other competitors of the world all are streamers. You know, Bugo really wasn't a streamer until he won. Um, but a, a lot of those competitors, and there, I mean, there was a hundred players in that con, uh, contest, and they they're all streamers, and no streamer is going to swat another streamer. Um, I mean, they might. Um, I think they would be. Th- that's even more stupid. I think it was just some kid thinking he was funny, and yeah, and and casual Joe playing against a streamer and realizing that they got housed, and then being like, "Oh, that was so and so," and I don't know. Maybe that's just me, my competitive side trying to figure out some sort of logic. Yeah, and there really is no logic to this stupid swatting. Yeah, I mean, like if you, it, I, I want to. It was actually this year, um, a guy who was considered a serial swatter um, was actually the cause of a death um, by police. Like he called in a swatting, um, and I don't even know if this dude was a, uh, if he called in like a like a, I don't think it was a swatter for like a stream, but he just swatted somebody for whatever reason. Um, and it got a man killed. And now that kid who, you know, called in the police report is uh, 20 years in prison. Um, now, I, like, like yeah, and I, I don't think it was. And if I remember correctly, I don't think that one has anything to do with like streamers or anything like that. But I mean, that's that's the, the risk you take is someone you, know, you could go to jail for a long time. 20 years in prison like your life's over so i just think it's stupid um and to pick on somebody like that at that age is just ridiculous um next i want to go ahead and transition over to uh another thing that kind of got a lot of buzz uh probably the second biggest story to the antonio brown thing over the last week uh the ncaa coming up with their rules about agents who are able to contact uh, you know, players considering coming to the draft and, of course, sneaking in there that you have to have a bachelor's degree, even though all of the players that are leaving early don't have to have bachelor's degrees. Yeah. And it basically targeting out Rich Paul. And, of course, everyone came out against it. LeBron used his big voice. Lots of other people came out against it. And the NCAA kind of took their tail between their legs and pulled back against that. Right. Uh, It's one of those things where part of me thinks that it's cool that the NCAA actually listened and cared because I feel like a lot of times things happen and the NCAA is really slow to react, especially whenever they're doing investigations and checking into 900 million things. Right. And, or when someone is apparently like no longer eligible because of something that happened at like USA basketball and it's just a mistake. 
it's like, come on now. Get over yourself. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to agree completely. Um, I I think it's a little weird. Um, I was a college athlete myself, so it's just uh, I didn't have to deal with it all that often. Obviously, I wasn't that good, um, but it's, uh, it's just very strange to me, to be honest, to, to even think about it, the whole situation. Um, but, I mean, I'm glad that the NCAA was able to you know, listen and get a chance to kind of backtrack when they needed to. Um, just to bring this up, because uh, you played college baseball primarily, I, correct? Yes, that was the only. Yeah, that's what I played. Um, so I believe it's baseball that has the rule that you can get drafted out of high school, but correct. if you opt into college, you need to be there for three years. You do, that, yes. Okay. I have tried to be a proponent that that is exactly what the NBA should do. I would have to agree. You can go straight out of high school, but if you go to college, let's not have it be this one-year razzle-dazzle. Let's have it be you're going to college because it's a college and you need to learn things. I, I feel like the one-year deal – which granted it was instituted by the NBA, not NCAA, but it has basically been the biggest joke to amateur athletics because what happens is the biggest freshman comes in, pretty much is on Sports Center for the year, and then gets drafted. Yeah, he's basically the, the sports animal or the sports uh, the sports center trophy boy for a year. I mean, it happened with Zion Williamson. It happened with Trey Young. I feel like that's what happened with Ben Simmons, and I don't even remember him playing at LSU. Like, they just pick their guy and hype it or unhype it or whatever. They make you love to hate or hate to love whoever it is that they're going to talk all day about. Right. Um. Before we start getting into specific conferences and divisions, I did have a specific uh, Vikings piece on here for you. Uh, the Vikings have traded for a kicker. Just so weird. Um, which apparently they said that uh, when he was getting traded there, that they were trying to get him traded like they talked to the Packers. They talked to a few other teams. Um, and it's just his second preseason, but it see, I, one, I, I love the name. <laughs> and anytime, I mean, I'm, I'm Swedish. So when you have a guy that's from Norway and he's on the Vikings, I feel like that is a natural fit that <laughs> happened. I I can't agree more. <laughs> I just I I don't get me wrong, besides the fact that he's on my Vikings, um I think the dude's good. Um I'm still kind of um partial to to our, our current kicker um, or our last year's kicker um, of Dan Bailey. Um, that's just my internal OSU fan fanboy uh, picking up there. Uh, I can't help that. It's just going to be how I am. But I, I'll give the kid a chance. I mean, I, he's not a kid. He's a grown man. But um, – I think I think the natural fit. You're not wrong. Um, I think he should show up dressed as a full fledged Viking of Ragnarok uh, during Always. the first game. Always, just come in, have like Thor's hammer. Let's 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 go over the top with this. Like oh, I yeah. know he's a kicker or going to be playing punter. Like he can do both, but let's have this thing happen. I, I have to agree. Uh, if you're if you're gonna sell out on him, sell out on him. 
for real. That's my, my thought. Well, let's go ahead and transition over to our college football preview. We've done the ACC. We've done the Big 12. We've done the Big 10. And now we're getting to hit the Pac-12. Um, when you think of the Pac-12, uh, one of the things we like to do here on the show is we like to talk about players that are potential draftees. Uh, did you have anyone you wanted to go ahead and talk about there? Oh, man, I, I, I'm going to be completely honest. I follow one team. Um in the Pac-12, uh, and so I, I don't. Washington State Cougars. I, it is not. Uh, it is definitely the Washington Huskies. I don't know why. Um, just when I was young, I became a Washington fan, and uh, it never stopped. Um, obviously, you've got Bryce Love from Stanford, who won the Heisman Trophy in 2017. Um, um, he is on the Redskins. Oh, he got drafted this year. You are absolutely right. Um, man, that makes it even harder because he was the one that I was selling out. I completely forgot. Um, let me help you out here. Possible number one overall quarterback. Oh, Justin Herbert. From a school to the south. Yeah, Justin Herbert um, is a big one. Justin Herbert is probably the most heard about prospect. In my opinion, probably the most interesting prospect is going to be facing my Huskers in week two. And that is LaVisca Chenault. Yep. The wide receiver running back does everything. Totally kicked our rear last year. In Colorado? Yeah, from Colorado. And I... I can't sit here and say that I want him to do well because I can't stand Colorado, but at least need to get out of Colorado and make something out of himself. Yeah. Um, another one that came to mind while we were talking here, um, actually I got two that came to mind. Um, he's a, I forgot he had transferred to Washington from Georgia and that's uh, Jacob Eason. He's more of your your typical prototypical quarterback. I think he's like six five, six six, or something like that. Um, so he's not a Kyler Murray, um, but he is. I mean, he's decent. And then you also got Khalil Tate at Arizona, who it seems like just yesterday he was a freshman, just destroying everybody. But now he's a senior. <laughs> now, as far as the outlook of the conference this year. Um, let's go ahead and uh, we'll start with who you think is uh, under the radar team that might show up this year. Man, I, the Pac-12 to me, it's pretty, it's pretty easy to figure out who's going to be from the top for both sides of the bracket um, with the North and the South. Um, they're not under the radar per, uh, in my opinion. It's just weird to say that they're going to be competing for the South and could very well compete for a college football playoff, and that's Utah. Um, but, I mean, they've got a powerful conference to go against. I mean, they've got they've got to play USC, who no one knows how they're going to be ever. Um, and you got, you know, Arizona with Khalil Tate and the wide receiver from Colorado, who, I mean, I don't expect Colorado to be any good this year, but – they're always good for one upset every year, and that could very well be the team that just spoils someone's season. Um, while we're talking about Utah, I do think uh, they are the front runner to win the South. I think that if I were picking today, that's who I'd be picking. And part of that is I think that the North battle is going to be closer and tougher than many people expect. Um, I agree. If I had to pick someone that is under the radar, I'm going to pick the quarterback, the well, the coach that replaced a quarterback last year that no one thought was going to do anything and has to replace another quarterback this year. I know that you don't like them, but I feel like no one is saying anything about Washington State. Ugh. A lot of times I'm seeing them at, you know, third or fourth consistently in the North. Most people are hyping Oregon. Um, I think that's more of a hype around – Herbert. 
and that's true. I've seen some hype around Washington, you know, and then I think people tend to go with Stanford out of respect for David Shaw. But like, if you told me any of those four could win, I wouldn't sit here and say, oh, there's no way that's going to happen. I would have to agree there. I don't know that they'll win the North, but I think Washington State is going to mess with the North. If that is enough of a radar projection, I mean, yeah, I would have to agree with you. Uh, they can easily disrupt some things. I can't stand to say it because I don't like them. Um, but I mean, they're one of those teams that, again, could come out of nowhere to be a 2011 Iowa State. <laughs> you never know. Um, so, did we both say we were taking Utah from the south? I I, I am. Um, okay, we're both taking Utah from the south. Who are you actually taking to face them in the title game from the north? Uh, I just go with your boys. Yeah, I I mean I think like then this this is as you know little of Homer as possible. Um, I I think Washington's got a team. Um, uh, don't get me wrong, I, I could be completely off and they could be just absolutely garbage because that's who Washington is. Um, you never really know from year to year. Um, but I really like the transfer um, in the quarterback position. Um, I think he could really do some damage. I mean, there's not a lot to not like there. Um, personally, I... I have a tough time because I do see Herbert and I can get why you have that hype, but I also go, Chris Peterson is just good. Yeah. He's been there for five years. He's already won two conference titles. He's won the North the last three years. At some point, it's kind of like, like, I know it's early. He's only been there for five years. Uh, only five years. Well, compared to other people at places. But at some point, you, you pick him until someone takes it from him. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at with Washington in the north. I think they can outcoach you. They've got a good quarterback coming in. They're going to have the best defense up there. I don't think that it's even close as far as the north is concerned. And, yes, they're probably going to play some close games. They're probably going to play a little bit uglier than I would say Utah might play or that Oregon might play in some of their games. But it, it doesn't matter. you got to score more points than the other team, and I think Washington can do that. Uh, a W is a W. Exactly. Yeah. That age-old phrase of it's not by an inch or a mile, it's a WCW. Absolutely. Are you ready to move to the NFL? I am. I'm excited. We get to talk about our bracket for once. I'm pretty excited just the overall. I mean, we're we're almost there. It's it's so close. Getting closer. Uh, looking at the calendar, the NFL season starts three weeks from today. Uh, go Pat, go with the Packers. Hey, you know, I'm going to get that in there for the next several weeks. So just, and you know, I'm going to say gross every time. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, before we get to, uh, we're going to save the best for last. We're going to talk about both North divisions this week. Uh, so before we get to our, Homer division in the NFC North. Let's talk about the AFC North. Um, AFC North, of course, is Bengals, Browns, Steelers, Ravens. Probably one of the most fun divisions uh, that people are talking about in years. Um, I don't think there's been this much excitement there for a while. Who are your rookies that you're watching this year? Uh, legitimate rookies or rookies that I want to see? Uh, I'm because, say, I mean, 
legitimate rookies. Oh, well. Um, man, let's, let's see. There's, I mean, there's a, there's a couple of players that come to mind when I, when I think of the, the rookies. Um, I just, for the top of my head, uh, I mean, uh, you can't go wrong with, gosh, I hate saying this, um, but the Bears, um, they got a no, solid pickup. No, no I, AFC I, North, dude. Oh, AFC. Sorry, we're not in the NFC. Sorry. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself because, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Let's that's, see. That's why we're saving the best for last. We're going. Yeah. I just. It's okay, I, so. So we got we got Ravens, Bengals, Browns, and Steelers. Um, I'm gonna say uh, for the life of me can't uh, space in all the names. Um, yeah, ugh, man, that's tough. So uh, the Ravens have Marquise Brown, but he hasn't really played a whole bunch so far. Right. Um, the- there's was he is he a rookie this year? Hang on. There's one player, and I'm trying to think if he's if if he was drafted this year or last year. Just tell me. Was it was James Washington this year? No. No, he's like, a, he's a, yeah. That's what I thought. Okay, so I was like, because he's starting to take a bigger role, which as a yeah, Cowboys fan, I'm not wrong. I'm not okay. I'm not. You're not upset, upset about that. You're very happy right. about that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, let me look up some of the rookies. I mean, Marquise Brown, you said. Um, um, William was there for the Bengals, but he's out. Uh, I think he tore his ACL. Yeah, he's done. Um, Greedy Williams, who went way later than everyone thought. Yeah. Uh, he's on the Browns. Uh, I mean, the Browns are are, are solid. <laughs> I hate that you like. How about the uh, how about Drew Sample on the the Bengals? Yeah, from Washington. Yeah, I was just about to bring him up. Uh, Sample is, I mean, I wish he was still there at Washington. We could have used him this year for sure. Um, man, I, I was really I was really hoping that Marquise Brown um, would have a bigger impact. Um, I mean, you also got Rodney Anderson on that same team, um, both from Oklahoma. Um, but I mean, Rodney Anderson, he probably won't see much of the field this year. Um, man, there was a lot of OU players picked for the AFC North. Um, let's, let's go to, I think in general, the, the big move up in the draft, the Steelers moving up to 10. Taking their yeah. linebacker Devin Bush, yep. um, finally being able to replace Ryan Shazier, that was the most impactful move that anyone did in the draft, in my opinion. I think Devin Bush, the Steelers, finally getting another guy that can go side to side, have the speed, have the wrap up ability. Oh I man, we talked about it with Devin White a little bit. For the Bucks, I think Devin Bush for the Steelers is huge. They're wanting, like I said, to get out of that shadow of year when us Devin Bush can do that to help their defense. Yeah. Um, another one that uh, uh, you know, showing my bias. Um, I'm not sure how much of the field he's going to see this year. Um, Ravens got uh, Justice Hill. Um, I think I don't. I think right now he's on the like fourth um, on the death chart. But if he gets his chance, he'll get his chance. Uh, I mean, he's got a fight with Gus Edwards and and Mark Ingram. But we know Mark Ingram's injury history, and we will uh, maybe if they if they match up, you know, Lamar Jackson with Justice Hill, we just see two insanely fast guys. Well, while we're Talking about running backs, let's transition to our running back rankings. So, just to do a quick recap of who we have, 
Uh, we're going to be just ranking the starters. Yeah. Uh, to start the season. So, no Kareem Hunt. Uh, nope. We have James Conner of the Steelers. We got Mark Ingram from the Ravens and Nick Chubb from the Browns. And, of course, uh, Joe Mixon would be the other one we are missing. Oh, yeah. Which um, I feel like this is a, a bit of a tough one because I look at this list and I go, I kind of like all of these guys, but I also am not like, oh, man, there's this stud that totally rocks this group. Um Unfortunately, because it wasn't a full season, I have Nick Chubb in the fourth spot. I see. I have it the other way around. I have Nick Chubb as my number one. Um, I have Connor at three. I have Ingram at two and mixing at one. Now, that may surprise a lot of you. Part of it for me is I really feel like mixing is going to be used in that girly esque way this year. When you're bringing in that Ram style of offense, you know, featured running back. Lots of carries, catches out of the backfield. I think he's going to be the most valuable running back in the division. See, I I, I would have to agree to an extent there, um, but I actually have Mixon as my two. So, so my order is Connor and then um, Ingram, Mixon, and then Chubb. Uh, I know Chubb had a short season last year, and 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 but he sh- the flashes he showed, um, I think it's hard to argue. And that whole team as a whole with the Browns, um, they're I mean they're going to be a force to be reckoned with, in my opinion. I mean, I don't think that there's a terribly wrong answer amongst us. It's a like I said, there's not a you have to have this guy number one like we've run into in several divisions because it's just obvious completely obvious and to be fair when we get to the east we're still going to have some that are completely obvious um well maybe not the nfc east is a little bit close um but who do you have as a a defensive mvp for you in this division and that, when I was looking over our list, that was the hardest one for me to figure out. Um, as everybody that listens to the podcast knows, I am not a defensive person. Um, but the one name that jumps out to me time and time again when I think of this division is uh, Miles Garrett. I don't have any issues with that. Miles Garrett is actually at the top of my list right now as well. Um, I really think that a lot of on defense is exciting. Uh, Miles Garrett, Olivier Vernon, uh, Sheldon Richardson in the middle. I, I think that there's a lot of great things that are happening there. Um, just to pick someone as a newcomer to the division that – I think could have a really big impact uh, to go a little bit different would be Earl Thomas. Yep. I'm not sure how healthy he is. So it makes me a little bit hesitant. Right. I also go, he's Earl freaking Thomas. (laughs) He is one of the best athletes I have seen on a football field ever. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I, I have a tough time just picking against him in general. I mean, there's a valid and, reason behind that too. Yeah. Um, so just to go ahead and 
get get the def- we've we've done we're done with the defensive talk, Brody. I know that you're Ooh. happy to hear that. Uh, let's move over to the quarterback rankings. Um, I feel like I have a good guess of where you're at, but go ahead. Who do you have at four? I think we're gonna have three and four at least the same, and one and two at least the same. I'm just. It's all about who we put where. Right. Um, see, this one This one was tough except for one and two. Um, personally, I'm going to put I'm gonna put Andy Dalton at four. Um, I've got Andy Dalton at four and Lamar Jackson at three. Um, I, I, you may have it you know, opposite, um, which I completely understand if you do, just because, I mean – Andy Dalton's got the the rep time over uh, Jackson, but I think Jackson's got a different kind of style, um, is, which is exactly what the Ravens need. Well, it's curious to see if they continue to use that style. Yeah. Um, I think if they plan on using him as a running quarterback and he can stay healthy for 16 games of it, I would agree. That's a valid argument there. I, I, t- I tend to put Lamar at four because if I'm down, I've said this several times, if I'm in the two-minute drill, I got to get a touchdown. Don't get me wrong, I'm not huge on Andy Dalton, but I'd rather have him throwing the ball than Lamar Jackson. I mean, experience comes into play at some point, so you're not, you're not, it's not a bad idea for sure. Um, Andy Dalton is my three, though. Uh, I have I have to hold off for now for giving the torch to the division to the next one. Uh, I have Baker at two. Oh, nope. He's fun. He's probably uh, the most fun quarterback to enter the league since my boy Brett Favre. I feel like he plays the game in a game way that gets everyone excited, but I, I just can't ignore how long big Ben has done it and how well big Ben has done it. He has ring. He has at least a potential hall of fame career. Whereas done it one year and his one year was not, it wasn't Patrick Mahomes year. You know, I can't, I know it was only part of a year, but I can't just sit here and act like he was perfect. Check it. Be the best uh, press conference. Give Baker Mayfield's press conferences all day. Uh, <laughs> you know, I want to wake up dangerous tomorrow, uh, but I'm not going to sit here and say he's the top quarterback in the division. See, I. I am I'm I'm one of those that I sell me out on Baker. Uh, the things that he did last season to me were just uh, I mean he took the Browns and made them a winning team. You know that's many have tried, few have succeeded, and I just I don't get me wrong. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is. He's been doing it for years, but at the same time, he's also been doing it for years. And age eventually comes to bite you in the butt. Um, and I don't know if that's this year. Um, it could be this year. It could not be this year. Um, he's had injuries in the past that have really affected him. I, I think it's it's time to you know bring in the new pony um, and and start handing the division over to, to Baker. I, I mean, Baker's just, he's doing something with that team that hasn't been done in a long time. You know, there, there were, I mean, yeah, I mean, there were, there were Browns fans covering their faces with paper bags because they were ashamed of being Browns fans. Like, and now you got Baker Mayfield just killing it and proud of it. True. 
true. Uh, I do have to say this, Age, if you're going to get someone this year, uh, go to Boston. Yeah, take Tom Brady. Yeah. We don't need a 70-year-old Tom Brady playing in the league anymore. Maybe get Big Ben late in the year because uh, my Brody would really like Mason Rudolph to be the quarterback of the future. Yeah. Um, you know, I think you can leave us Drew Brees because he's really nice. Um, he's just a genuine dude. <laughs> uh, please, please take Tom Brady, age. Uh, yeah, like, if, you, if you're going to take somebody. I just want to see his skills diminish. Um, yeah. So, uh, how are you predicting the AFC North this year, now that we've talked about our rookies, defensive MVP, everything? Yeah, I the the AFC North is it's pretty. I call me a bandwagon. I, I, it's fine. I, I'm riding. I'm riding the Browns the whole way, and I have no shame in it. Uh, the Browns are. I mean, they're the Browns, so you can never really say that they're going to be good. But I think the talent that they have, um, it's just hard to ignore. Uh, but at the same time. You've got the Steelers who, you know, can't can't ever count them out. Um, so, in my opinion, I've got the Browns winning, and I've got the Steelers coming in second with the Ravens in third, and then the Bengals in fourth. I just don't see the Bengals being all that great this year. Um, so, you went Browns, you said Steelers, Ravens. Bengals? Yep. So this one is probably going to be interesting because I'm going to put the Steelers as the winner, but I am putting the Browns in my second wild card spot. Um, I know when we were talking, uh, I had to leave the Chiefs and Chargers in the West, so this is my last wild card spot in the AFC. But I, I really think the Bengals are actually going to bounce back a little bit this year. I just see the Ravens really struggling. I, like I said, I think that Lamar Jackson's going to have to pass. And he has missed open guys in the league. And at some point, you, you, you can't just run him for five yards and let him get blasted by the linebacker. It's just not going to work well. Yeah, you're not wrong. Are you ready for the NFC North now so you can talk about uh, some rookies there? Yeah, I've been chomping at the bit to get to the rookies there, man. All right. Well, go ahead, man. I mean, who do you want me to start with? You got David Montgomery. Uh, yeah. Uh, you got... Ah, gross. Anybody that's not on my team. And unfortunately, I'm not all that high on the uh, the Vikings rookies. Um, they did a lot of, like, position players instead of, like, you know, those high hitters. Um, they, got a, they got a center, um, tight end, um, which, I mean, we needed to look into the future of tight end. Um, but the one that stands out to me, which is who I really wish the Vikings would have gone after, but I, I think he was gone by the time we, we picked. Um, and that's TJ Hoker, uh, Hokinson. Yeah. That dude's, you know, he's touted as the next Rob Gronkowski. Um, and you know, love him or hate him. Rob Gronkowski was dominant for his entire career with Tom Brady. (laughs) And I think TJ is going to be he's going to be solid. I mean, he killed it at Iowa, um, which is not your typical team that you think. Oh man, that that's going to be the team to watch. But he repetitively was just destroying defenses. When I look at it, I tend to to shy away from. TJ a little bit just because uh, call it some Eric Ebron after effect the Lions just drafting really good players early 
like players that people are like, oh god, this is a no doubter. Well, nothing is a no doubter when you're in Detroit. <laughs> uh, sorry. Um, obviously, as a Packers fan, I'm really hyped about Rashawn Gary coming to the team. I think he can do a lot of things to rush the passer. Um, I do think David Montgomery might be one of the most impactful this year, though. Uh, rookie running backs continue to come into the league and do things right away. Uh, Jordan Howard is an eagle. Yep. Tariq Cohen is not someone you're going to hand the ball to on the goal line. David Montgomery is a rookie that is going to be getting some value in fantasy football. Yeah, I plan to take him. <laughs> Shoot. Uh, <laughs> Um, and I know I got to pick before you. It's <laughs> true. Um, and in general, I do, I do like uh, Irv Smith Jr. I wanted the Packers to possibly get him in the second round, but the Vikings did take him. Um, I think that he can be a do-it-all tight end as well. I think that there's a lot of things that people are going to be like, oh, man, this guy's a rookie. Like, if I had to pick a rookie of the year in our division, I don't want to do it. Oh, no. I don't want to pick one this year. I feel like it is a chaotic year to look at and go, oh, that guy. No, there's no clear this is the guy that's going to show up and be dominant. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's go to the, the running backs of our division. So, uh, I'll, I'll, I mean, we've got Montgomery that we've been talking about. Let's talk about Cohen, and I think you can go either way there. Yeah, uh, I, I've got Cohen at my four. Um, and then I've got – I've actually got uh, – it's, I don't know how to say his name. Carry on Johnson. Carry on Johnson. Yeah. Um, I've got him. I've got him at my, my three. Um, I don't know. Got him at my four. Four? I thought you had Cohen at your four. So, yeah. So, I've got Cohen. That's hard because I don't know who's going to get the starting nod um, there. But... If I had to, I would have to put them together. So I would put K, I would put them, and then Johnson at my three, and then Aaron Jones at my two, um, with my Homer side coming out of Dalvin Cook at my number one. Um, nothing against your uh, your Packers. Um, I just think that I think Dalvin Cook is the the guy to beat this year in that division at least. So I'm curious what the Packers are going to do at running back. If we're gonna see, uh, you know, the everyone in fantasy who owned Aaron Jones last year was like free Aaron Jones, you know, what the man do his thing, and I don't know if that's gonna happen in the new system. I think we might see a healthy dose of Jamal Williams. You know, gotta catch Jamal, and uh, <laughs> the the rookie from Notre Dame, Dexter Williams, um, and. It's the Packers running backs because I just I don't know Lafleur and I don't know his system. I right now I actually have Jones penciled in at three. Not that I don't trust his talent. I just that's where I have him. Uh, I agree. I kind of have Cohen at four. I actually like Carryon Johnson a little bit better than you. Um, I think part of that might be I did have him on fantasy for most of the year last year and. He's he's not a bad back. He's just not really well known because how many players can most people name from the Detroit Lions? Um, <laughs> and I think Cook's the, the established back in the division, which is kind of odd to say considering he's only like three years in. He had a good year as a rookie. He had a good few games before he got hurt last year. And He's coming back from injury, so should anyone really be putting all their trust in him? 
Right. Uh, you ready for defensive MVP? Yep. This one I was actually prepared for. I'll give you the easy one. Um. Well, who who are you considering the easy one? Because I I think mine's a little bit of a dark horse. I'll say you're dark horse because I'll take the easy one. Well, see, I've got a couple. Um, So the one that stands out to me, Anthony Barr. I know you don't like him because you're a Packers fan and what he did to Aaron Rodgers, even though it was – I'll admit it was dirty. Um, I mean, the dude, after verbally committing to the Jets, he turns around, turns tail, comes back home to Minnesota um, with him combined with – uh, and I, I try not to, you know, Eric Kendricks, try not to sound like I'm biased, but I mean, it's hard to go wrong with those two. Um, and then another one that uh, came to mind when I thought of this was um, the uh, the combo of Danny Trevathan and Roquan, Roquan, Roquan Smith uh, with the Bears. I don't like the Bears, but... Trevathan used to play for my, you know, with the Broncos, so I can still support the dude. So who who's the easy one? Who are you considering the easy one? Khalil Mack, brother. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not necessarily on board with some of what I've hearing people say. Like, I think he might break the single season sack record this year. Okay, dude, settle down. Yeah. He's got enough talent. It doesn't mean that it will happen. Right. I mean, J.J. Watt has enough talent. I don't know that it will happen because he gets hurt. Often. Um, or at least he has the last couple of years. Right. Hopefully not this year, even though he broke a kid's bike in Green Bay. But uh, <laughs> he did replace it later. But uh, that did happen. I don't know if you saw that one. Uh, I didn't, but I'm glad I know it now. <laughs> um, Khalil Mack, th- there's a reason why he's in the discussion for possibly the best defensive player in the country. He is, I think he's probably the, the biggest threat to the quarterbacks of the North. And the best thing that you know, made their defense jump up so much last year. I mean, yeah, the the that's uh, another one of those blunders of another team. Of are you regretting that? <laughs> yeah, they probably are. Um, so let's go to our quarterback rankings. Um, I've got my I've got Aaron Rodgers at four. Um. <laughs> I can't even say that one with a serious face. Uh, see, this one's tough for me um, because I'm not happy with my quarterback situation. Uh, I, w- I would love to say that my number one is 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 my guy, but he's not, in my opinion. He's, he's not the best quarterback, and I hate to say who I think is because um, he's your guy. Yeah. Uh, it's tough to say that, or it's always tough to say that. I mean, um, I mean, when I look at it, it's probably one of the most cut and dry quarterback rankings that we have. Yeah, the young kid Trubisky, four. Yeah, he's just not not as good as I. Kind of wonky. He's three. Cousins, yeah, he's he could do better. Like, he's at least consistently won games in the league. Yeah. Who? Yeah, this is, this one's pretty easy. Pretty cut and dry. Yeah, and Rodgers at one. I really don't think that there's a lot to question there. There's not. And, and as, like I said, as much as I hate to say it, because I'm not saying my Vikings, but can't argue with – Numbers, man. Um, I mean, you can, but you'll be wrong every time. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is—he's the real deal, and 
God, it hurts to say that out loud. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Uh, but uh, he's the reason why the Packers are the Packers, and at least the current Packers are the Packers, I should say. Yeah, I mean, he's the reason why, despite a new coach and a pretty decent turnover on defense, we're at least in the discussion for the division. Uh, so let's go ahead and talk about that discussion. Uh, let's go four to one. I'm just going to let you go uninterrupted and then I'll go. So this one was tough for me. Um, I, I, typically it follows with the quarterbacks, but this year it really doesn't to me. Um, I, I guess it kind of does. I do have the Vikings winning it. Um, nothing against your Packers, not trying to be a homer. Um, I just think when it all comes down to it, um, we have we have a lot of weapons that can definitely break out and have an insane year um, as long as our quarterback can get the ball to him. Um, so my my thing is is I've got the Vikings at one, I've got the Packers at two, um, and I mean the Packers at two battling close, and then I've got the uh, the Bears at three. Um, I I think I understand the Bears their defense is killing it. Um, Once they figure out Trubisky, though, the other teams, um, I think that they – I mean, there's not going to be much arguing there. I think they're going to just figure him out, and it's going to be – he's going to be done, and they're not going to be able to keep up the the points that they need. And then I've got the – and then the Lions thrown in there. Yeah, they're, you have them at last. Yeah, uh, It's interesting because I've heard people say this is a division that any team could win this year. Yeah, I mean, and they're not wrong either. Depending on health and injuries, I, I don't necessarily disagree. Um, I mean, I, I have the Lions at four. I just don't know how much I trust Patricia as a head coach. I really wish Mike Daniels hadn't gone there. Yeah. I really do like on Johnson. I really think that uh, Stafford has some good receivers. You you can talk me into it, but you're going to need some help. Um, I do like Darius Slay as one of the better defenders in our division. I would probably argue, in my opinion right now, he's the top corner in the division. Um, not Rhodes? I mean, I, I take Slay over Rhodes, but I would take Harrison Smith as the top safety in the division, which we have some good safeties as well. So that's um, that argument. Um, I tend to put the Bears at three as well. I know people are saying that they could be a Super Bowl team. I don't know how much I buy that. Um, their defense is so good and their offensive I mean their coach is an offensive coach and he's very creative I'm curious what the defense is going to look like without Vic Fangio because I think that in general he was doing a lot of great things on that defense Um, he also in general even when he was the deed coordinator for the 49ers he was probably one of the only D coordinators that shut down Aaron Rodgers consistently when they were head to head. Um, I'm good riddance. I'm, I'm glad he is out of the division. Um, and with that being said, I think that that is going to take a toll on them. You don't lose someone who has 40 years of coaching defense go away and you're able to replace that with someone else. No, absolutely not. I, I tend to have a tough time because I, I mean, I do think it's probably a two horse race between the Packers and Vikings. I, I tend to lean towards the Packers and that might be a little bit of blind faith because I think that if you ask me to list what the question marks are, I have to say that the Packers have to clear more unknown things than the Vikings do. Makes sense. The, the Vikings know a lot more about their defense. 
They know a lot more about their coach and their system. But I also think Kirk Cousins isn't the best quarterback in the division. By far. Come down to that. Um, we should have at least beaten you guys once last year. No, you shouldn't have. For the stupid ref rules. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, Granted, you guys probably should have been able to kick a field goal through the uprights to not have us tie. Also uh, true. <laughs> can't argue there. But we got a new kicker, so maybe that'll fix that problem. That's probably why we have a new kicker. Yeah. Um, also, I, that's also part of why I can't pick Chicago. I don't trust their special teams. Which feels really awkward to say mm-hmm. after all those Devin Hester years. Oh. And um, when Robbie Gould is kicking for the 49ers and is kicking beautifully, and we're sitting here saying that the Bears have no special teams. Um, right? That just feels that awkward. Feels weird. Um, but it, I would say Packers, and I would probably go ahead and say put Packers and Vikings in the playoffs. Yeah, I would too. Uh, I have a tough time saying that because I think it could be a 9-7 and seven wins the division. Um, I, I think that they – I think there's enough quality to get in. And I think that in general, the division is going to chew up the other divisions they face. Part of what the Packers actually have going for them is – they finished lower out of the division. So we're going to, uh, so we're, when, because we finished third, we're going to get to face the third place teams in the other NFC North, whereas the Vikings at least have to play the second place teams. Right. I think that may be what makes the difference, just a little bit of a softer schedule. Um, and I, I mean, that's kind of how it goes. That's part of how the NFL gets the parity that it gets. Right. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm ready for it. That's all I can say. My fantasy draft, one of my fantasy drafts is coming up, and I'm in like three or four leagues this year, and I'm just I'm just over the hill ready for football. Um, do you have any closing thoughts before we uh, end the show today, Brody? No. I mean, like I said, man, I'm just, just ready for football. Like, we're almost there, and – yeah, can't get much closer than where we are. Uh, next time when we uh, join in, I think we're going to be talking about the SEC. We're going to be talking about the AFC East, and depending on how long it is, we might get to the NFC East. That might be a couple weeks, but uh, we definitely appreciate you guys listening to us. Uh, thank you again. This is the Brody Sports Talk, and uh, y'all have a good night. Have a good night, guys. Bye.